Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to Wrestling Days Reviews. We are going to be reviewing this week's SmackDown and that's going to be tricky because we got another White Rabbit clue. And um, yeah, I mean, we spent the whole show trying to decode that again. It's, I, I really think this is a problem. I know I keep sounding like a broken record, but uh, I cannot be the only one that spends my time on these White Rabbit things looking into in fact i know i'm not if you look at twitter you can see that everyone is doing the exact same thing and i think it just completely overshadows the show completely overshadows it like it's it's so difficult to do a review like you you you'd really have to make a choice you either do the white rabbit stuff or you have to ignore it like trying to do both you just miss out on stuff so I really don't think they've got this right. Uh, I really don't think they've got this right. I thought they might have learned their lesson from the other day and moved it later in the show. One of the other things they could do is that they could tell you where you can find it. So you still have to tune into SmackDown. You have to tune into SmackDown to find out where the QR code is going to be. There could be a message. There could be something that just tells you where the QR code can be found. So it might be that the QR code is actually in a YouTube video. It could be that it's on the WWE.com website. It could be that it's hidden in a picture on Instagram, but you need to tune into SmackDown to find out where it is and when it's going to be uploaded. Once you've got that information, that's it. Like there's no digging into things. You can sit back, relax, watch the show, and then, you know, boom, I don't know, five minutes after the show on Instagram, Here's the QR code. Now, you need to watch the show still in order to get that clue, in order to know where to look. So it would still get people tuning in. But um, yeah, I think this is a problem. I I think this is a problem. Like I, I'm, I'm borderline pleased that it's going to be stopping soon because uh, this we would not be able to do this. Like if this is how it was going to keep going we would seriously have to look at maybe not doing the reviews anymore and maybe not even doing the watch-alongs because you have to choose one or the other. Like, it's it's really difficult. So this is not woe is me, but this is just... Uh, uh, it's the biggest thing that's happening in wrestling. And I just think if this is going to be what we're going to do going forward, if this is the start of this, if this is what we're going to keep doing and this QR code thing, even when Bray is back... We're going to look to do this for other people. And we're going to do this kind of a campaign again. I just think that there's better ways to do it. I think there's better ways that don't distract you from the show. Because this ain't, this ain't great for the other superstars either. Like, it really takes your attention away. Once again, I've got to fire up uh, a review um, so that I can reference my notes with what they've got to make sure we don't miss anything. But um, yeah, look, let's get into it. That's just my, that's my biggest thought. That's my biggest takeaway from this show is I think that they need to save it for the very end. There'd be no reason as to why you couldn't watch the show. Is there anything? Is there anything? No, but you're still watching the show. And then right at the end, boom, here's the QR codes. Why does it have to be so near the start? Uh, right, let's go into it. I don't have pictures. I mean, uh, I'm already massively delayed uh, for this uh, review as a result of all the White Rabbit stuff. And I do, uh, of course, apologize for that. But uh, the notes I've got is that Sammy came out with his honorary Oos t-shirt on. And uh, he had honorary Oos on his Titan Tron. I actually don't know 
how long he's had that for. Normally when Sammy comes out, he comes out with the bloodline. So we don't tend to see his Titantron, but his Titantron did say honorary Oos, uh, which I thought was cool. And it was in the same design as his shirt. Um, we went basically straight into the first match. The first match is Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa taking on Madcap Moss and uh, Ricochet. This thing is uh, all right. It's it's all right. There's uh, got a nice pace to it. I remember saying during the show that I think for me, the only problem is that neither of these teams are actual teams. So like Sami and Solo are not a team. They might go on to be a team. But they're not a team at the moment. This isn't like a match in the tag division. Ricochet and Madcap are not a team. Again, they might go on to be a team, but they're not a team. And so I'd kind of look at it as like this was a little squabble that they had backstage. This is because of what happened last week. They uh, Madcap and Ricochet surrounded Sammy and uh, they were like, you know, saying things to him. And then Solo came along, pushed him into the shutters and a match was made, right? So this is basically a little backstage falling out last week that's turned into a match. This does not feel big enough to be the open to SmackDown. If you compare this to Roman coming out, cutting a promo, or Brock coming out and cutting a promo, this is something I've noticed from Triple H quite a bit. He will open shows with matches that just don't feel like the biggest deals. Like this one did have Sammy in it, and Sammy is one of, if not the most over superstars in all of WWE. Obviously, Solo, brand new. We're still learning about him. Ricochet seems to be someone Triple H is high on. Ricochet has featured in quite a few SmackDown opening matches. And, uh, you know, Madcap is Madcap. So, uh, like, I, I can kind of see why this opened the show. But to be honest, I would have put this somewhere in the middle. The only thing I would say is that uh, we know there's been a lot of disruption because of the hurricane in Florida. And so there's every chance this was not meant to open the show. There's every chance there's been a lot of disruption and that this was meant to be in the middle of the card. But um, either, I just don't think this is the strongest open. I just think if you tune into SmackDown as a casual fan and this is the first match you get greeted with, are you sticking around? Are you sticking around? In all fairness, the match was... Decent, had a lovely energy to it, nice pace, some big moments. Um, but I don't know, it's just something that compared to, as I said, Roman, Brock, some of those big opens. I always I always feel that with Vince, the first segment was always really big. First segment set the tone, really like set up the show. Normally, the first segment set up the main event and uh, you would see a connection between those. And then that would be the story that ran throughout the show. Not so much under Triple H. Triple H seems to be booking this a little bit more like just a weekly show. Like, here's our first match. And we just went straight into this first match. So, yeah, no, it's just an observation I've got. I just think that he doesn't tend to go big enough with the open. I feel like you need a, you know, welcome to the show. Boom, let's get this off on the right foot. But in that same breath, as we said, Sammy is super, super over. Uh, the uh, This get three stars from 411 Mania. They weren't crazy about it. They said it was pretty solid, and I agree with that. Uh, Solo Sokoa and Sami Zayn uh, picking up the victory. Um, so uh, it is uh, a victory for Solo and Sami. Solo getting the pin on Madcap Moss, uh, and so uh, they get the win. 
Uh, we went backstage at this point and uh, we got uh, Jay approaching Sammy um, and basically saying, I can see right through you. Sammy was like, look, you're going to have to take it up with Roman. And he showed his shirt and uh, he was like, can I come into our locker room? He was actually giving Jay a little bit of aggro here. Jay just kind of making himself very clear, but I think he's made himself clear uh, all throughout. Uh, Solo went into the locker room. He he didn't engage in this. And uh, as we said, just a little bit of back and forth between Jay and Sammy. And this is such a great uh, story that, you know, any of these segments, I just eat them up, love them, keep them coming. So, uh, yeah, that was good. Then we got a very weird promo from Carrion. Uh, Carrion was like dancing with Scarlet in like an alleyway. And there was like flashes of a ballet dancer, flashes of fire, flashes of forests and forest fires. Um, And it was very, it's funny because I said this is very Bray-esque. At this point, we're about 20 minutes into the show. First match, as usual, gets given quite a bit of time. Um, And we're about 20 odd minutes, 25 minutes into the show. And I was saying this is very Bray-esque. This feels very Bray-esque and, you know, you've got, um, you know, a lot of images, flashing images, and it's all black and white and it's very dark and cryptic. And um, he was basically, you know, just saying the normal stuff, you know, talking about his feud with uh, Drew. I think what's really interesting, though, is that this is when the QR code drops. Right at the end of this is when we get the QR code and the QR code flashed up on screen. Um, Now, there's been things in the QR code that's, pointed to carrion tiktok you know the last clue was a tiktok down in the bottom corner of the first clue was an hourglass which is very carrion so and now this clue has interrupted during carrion's promo uh which uh, as i said is very interesting it is worth pointing out that during that first match the lights flickered as well so we got lights flickering during Well, I think the bloodline, I mean, Sammy and uh, Solo, I don't think that if this is Bray, he's coming after Ricochet and Madcap. So lights flickering certainly seems to suggest that he's going after these people. We've only seen the lights flicker once before, and that was during the Alexa match. I think it was Alexa Bailey and the lights flickered. So if this is Bray, and it certainly feels like it is, then is he telling us that he's going after Alexa? Is he telling us that he's interested in going after the bloodline? The fact the QR code drops at this point during Carrion's promo, is he telling us that he's going after Carrion? Because as we said, Carrion has certainly featured or seemingly featured in those clues uh, that we've had as well. So yeah, very interesting. We're not going to talk about the QR code and White Rabbit. We're going to obviously push that to the end. There's videos on the channel. I did a video with what was actually in the QR code and the first thoughts, things that people were saying, some of those very, very first impressions. Some of them uh, turned out to be true. Some of them didn't. Um, But what I've just done is a 13-minute video where we just talk about everything that's been mentioned. Now, obviously, there's new theories and thoughts coming out all the time. But uh, one of the things you need to know is that there was a phone number hidden when you called it. There was a voice. The voice sounded like Bray. And uh, the message was very interesting. All of that 
is in the recent video that just went up onto the Wrestling Days YouTube channel. So I've just done that, hence why I'm late getting to this review. So uh, yes, that's when the QR code dropped. We had the flickering of uh, lights. Uh, after that, we moved on. Uh, backstage, we had uh, Theory. Uh, Theory uh, and uh, Drew had a little uh, altercation. And so uh, this led to a match. So it was Drew versus Austin Theory. Theory had Alpha Academy uh, with him as well. So um, they were at ringside. Obviously, this match does not go uh, long. This is more an angle than it is a match um, because Alpha Academy jump in, start beating up, start helping Austin Theory. And um, basically, you know, Drew is outnumbered. Down comes uh, Johnny Gargano. He comes racing down. Down comes Kevin Owens. He comes racing down to the aid of Drew McIntyre. And uh, I remember going, oh, they're not going to make this a tag, are they? Because in Vince's world, this would have been made a tag straight away. Um, it wasn't. They didn't. They saved it for the main event. Uh, so it was a tag match. It did become a tag match, but not straight away. It was a tag match that was uh, actually saved uh, for the main event. Again, I think we need to cut this show a little bit of slack because we don't know what was intended. We like Again, you know, what's happening in Florida, it has been reported that certain superstars were not able to make it to this show. So uh, I think there could have been a bit of disruption. So, you know, this little whatever this was between Austin Theory and Drew, that might never have been intended. And this might have been a, a stronger segment. Um, but I mean, look, it was all right. It was all right. I think you can get away with this stuff this week because to be honest, everyone's looking at white rabbit. So I think you can get away with these things. Uh, right. So we had that backstage backstage. We had maximum male models. They were posing and they decided they wanted to break the record for the longest pose. So one of the things we had running through this show is we kept going backstage, kept seeing maximum male models in a pose, Maxine Dupree was next to them, timing them, and they were going for this world record. Uh, Max Dupree was uh, around, but he was very frustrated. This is not what he wanted to see Mansoir Marseille doing. He wanted to see them winning matches, going after championships. So uh, he was slowly getting more annoyed, and we would see that payoff right at the end of the show. So, uh, yeah, we got uh, that. We also had Shotzi backstage. She she said a few words. We would see Bailey saying a few words as well because they were uh, going to have a match later on in the show. Uh, next up, we got Hit Row uh, taking on Los Lotharios. Uh, so Hit Row against Los Lotharios. Uh, Hit Row unsurprisingly picking up the victory. Uh, again, not loads to this. A um, few little moments. Uh, again, uh, we saw Top Dollar doing that uh, move where he has like a couple of people where, that he picks them up and um, which, you know, I mean, looks great. Uh, this gets one and a half stars according to 411 Mania. Uh, so, yeah, one and a half stars. They called it a glorified squash. They said Top Dollar's strength is impressive, but Ashanti doesn't generate sympathy and neither of them are especially good workers right now. So 411 Mania kind of uh, laying in a little bit uh, to that, uh, into uh, Hit Row. Uh, 
Next match, uh, we've got Natalia against Ronda Rousey. Not loads to this one. Um, obviously, Ronda Rousey picking up the win. We are getting closer towards extreme rules. So there was no way Natalia was going to be winning this. Um, but uh, yeah, we saw Ronda backstage saying that she is the most dangerous woman uh, in the world. What's she going to be like when she's allowed baseball bats and weapons and things along these lines? She went out there and, uh, yeah, you know, did well. Uh, it was all right. Two and a half stars, according to uh, 411 Mania. Uh, Liv Morgan came down with a baseball bat. I didn't get this, to be honest. I mean, I'm trying to think of if Ronda has done anything to Liv. Liv's a face. So why? I mean, I absolutely could have missed something here. I will be the first to admit that. But um, I don't, I didn't, at the time, I didn't understand why she came down like out of nowhere, like there might have been some comments that were made by Ronda. But even if there were some comments like Liv coming down with a baseball bat, she is escalating this and actually making it physical. And she seemed to do it unprovoked. I mean, it's not like Ronda beat up Liv earlier in the show. But as I said, if I miss Summer, I absolutely could have. But Liv comes down with a baseball bat and uh, they get into it, get into a brawl. They're fighting all around the ringside area. Liv ends up going into the timekeeper's area and um, there's a tug of war with the bat and everything. And it's just like a, a big brawl and security have to separate them. Um, so yeah, you know, it is what it is. Just kind of really setting up what's to come. Um, we've got then Imperium uh, coming down uh, to the ring. We, it was announced during the week, I think, that Imperium against Brawling Brutes had been added to Extreme Rules. So that was one that I don't believe was announced on a show. I think it was announced on social media. So they had Imperium come down and uh, they uh, spoke about that. And uh, that brought out Seamus. Seamus came down to the ring. Uh, I believe he was on his own and uh, got into uh, the ring. It was three on one. It was an absolute mauling. And um, yeah, they just kind of like left him beaten up as Imperium walked away from a beaten down uh, Seamus. He said, is that all you've got? You know, he got the microphone and said, is that all you've got? And, um, you know, that was kind of cool. You know, the, they they gave him like, you know, a, a beating, but it wasn't enough. Wasn't enough to keep him down, put him out. Like he still was talking trash as they were walking away. So that was kind of nice. Uh, backstage as well, we got Kevin Owens walking down the corridor. He bumps into Sammy. He sees Maximum Male Models still posing in their pose. As we said, that's something we would keep going back to. But he saw uh, Sammy and uh, he just said, you need a new shirt. Sammy was sat there in his honorary Oos shirt. And uh, yeah, it was kind of nice. Nice little interaction between them. People always love that. Next, we got the announcement of the passing of Antonio Inoki. Now, I've not looked into this. Um, this is horrible. Um, he was young. I mean, I think people are saying he's like 69. Um, I, one of the things we spoke about is the fact that he was WWE champion, but it's never been recognized. Uh, basically Bob Backlund was champion. He goes to Japan and he loses to Antonio Inoki. And then, um, I can't remember if the result is reversed or if he loses it back to Bob. And then, like, Bob comes back to America. The fact that Bob lost it in Japan and came back to America in the early 80s meant that WWE never needed to tell anyone it had happened. 
because back then there was no internet. And so if someone went to Japan and lost the title, as long as they still came back with it, like no one needs to know. So even though Antonio Inoki did get the championship, it's never been officially recognized. And I did kind of wonder if that's something Triple H might look at. He might look at some of those kind of uh, championship reigns from the past and he might, you know, you could always correct them. You know, if WWE want to now officially recognize something, there's nothing stopping them. They can always change it and officially recognize something. I think it'd be really great if Antonio Inoki was recognized as a former champion. I know that changes Bob Backlund's title reign. Um, his reign, I think, was about four years. And uh, this, I don't know when it happened, but it would obviously break that. Um, but I think Antonio Inoki absolutely deserves to be recognized as a former WWE champion. I haven't looked into it, but something in my head is telling me that Antonio Inoki won the title and there was some stupid rule like you can't throw your opponent out the ring. And if you throw your opponent out the ring, you're disqualified. And I've got a feeling that during the match, Bob Backlund gets thrown out the ring. And as a result, like that, that, that technicality is kind of what they get him on. That's how like they strip him of the belt, even though he wins the match. So yeah, I don't know. It's something that would need to be looked into. Um, but I think that'd be really cool. Really, really cool. For those of you that don't know Antonio Inoki, he is the person that set up New Japan. Um, I said that he is either the first or second most important Japanese wrestler ever. And um, it'll either be Antonio Inoki or it'll be Ricky Dozan. Now, Ricky Dozan is the person that brought wrestling to Japan or certainly popularized it. And then he had some students. One of them was Giant Baba, who went on to form All Japan Pro Wrestling. And the other was Antonio Inoki, who went on to form New Japan Pro Wrestling. And um, yeah, I mean, Antonio Inoki. He was also, uh, he also faced Muhammad Ali. So it was Antonio Inoki versus Muhammad Ali in one of the very first MMA fights, boxer versus wrestler. And, um, you know, we spoke about that recently because the referee for that was Judo Jean LaBelle. And Judo Jean LaBelle only passed away not that long ago. So we were talking about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we can sit here and talk about Inoki for a while, but we won't do that. News came through whilst we were... Uh, watching SmackDown and doing the White Rabbit stuff that he had passed away. And, you know, it's awful. It's it's awful. It's absolutely awful. So uh, too, too young as well. I mean, uh, he was a big political figure as well over in Japan. Had a big political career. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll have to look at doing that as maybe a separate video, maybe on, like, the Clips channel or something. So uh, that might be my next job after this. Uh, right, then we got Bailey versus uh, Shotzi in the next match. Bailey uh, winning this match, of course. She's on a collision course with Bianca, so it makes sense that she would win this. 4 uh, 1 1 Mania, give it two and a half stars. Um, after the match, uh, we get Bianca coming down. There was a, a ladder that was involved and um, looked like there was going to be uh, a real beatdown of Shotzi. Bianca comes uh, running down to make the save at one point. She's got Bailey up uh, in the KOD. Looked like she was going to KOD her into this ladder, uh, but she uh, never does. Bailey slips free and uh, manages to escape. Uh, we went backstage at this point. Maximum male models still doing their posing. And uh, Max Dupree, just as we're getting down to the end, the countdown, 
Uh, Max Dupree knocks into them so they don't break the record. And uh, he says, look, I'm done with this. You guys should be going after championships, not doing this kind of rubbish. He said, I'm done with maximum male models. Takes off his belt. He says, this isn't me. And maybe it never was. And uh, I think threw the belt down and, you know, walked away. Obviously, people super excited. That means L.A. Knight is on the way. And it's looking good for L.A. Knight to be uh, coming in, uh, coming back. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, definitely the direction that it looks like we are heading in. So, uh, yeah, we got that. And then uh, finally, we made our way uh, to the main event. Um, so our main event this evening was Rome. Oh, Roman and Logan next week, by the way. It was announced Roman Reigns and Logan Paul will be on the show. And then we went to the main event, which was Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, uh, Johnny Gagano uh, against Theory Alpha Academy. That was the match. Obviously, that match was made earlier in the show. Um, this got three stars from 411 Mania. Uh, the official result drew Kevin Owens and Johnny picking up the victory. And um, yeah, the uh, match ends. Drew whips Theory with a leather strap, sends him packing to stand tall as the episode ends. So uh, there we go. Uh, for one more, I might as well just read you this so that you can uh, see what they're saying. Proper shout them out because, you know, uh, as we said, we were so deep into uh, White Rabbit stuff that um, uh, they've definitely helped fill in some of the little gaps. So uh, this is this is what they scored it. Uh, 411 Mania. Check them out. Uh, I mean, they've got this review up quick. So uh, fair play. They've given it a seven. They said, full disclosure, I'm grading this one on a curve as they've clearly had to rework parts of the show due to the hurricane causing issues. That said, it felt like they stopped trying to stretch for time by the second hour, uh, though the first hour had all the hallmarks of filler tactics. They're trying to uh, heat up Liv and Ronda, and God bless the attempt, but I'm not sure how successful it is. Max Dupree seems done with that gimmick and we could get the return of LA Knight. The Imperium beatdown of Sheamus was well done. We had a decent run-in gag with the models holding, holding their pose and a pretty decent brawl for the main event. Hit Row was a low point and Shotzi's ring work still makes uh, me fearful for whoever she is in the ring with. But even those were genuinely passable, considering this had to be rewritten and they had to put out a full episode. I think they got it into a good territory. So there we go. That is uh, uh, the words, the final words, the conclusion of 411 uh, Mania. And that was this week's SmackDown. To be honest, I, I uh, hard for me to score it because my focus was fully White Rabbit. I, as I said, my biggest takeaway is I think they're putting White Rabbit, you know, too close to the start. I think that um, it just makes it so difficult to pick up on stuff and things that were happening. Uh, it is worth mentioning as well that there was a sign held up later in the show that said revel in what you are. Um, I might even I might even be able to uh, find it and put it up on screen for those that are interested that never saw the show. 
So there it is. Revel in what you are. Um, and uh, just next to the R is uh, apparently a little white rabbit logo. Um, and that relates to an old Bray Wyatt tweet, apparently. It may, it may relate to uh, some other things. I do think um, one of the things that's worth mentioning, just just worth mentioning before we go to uh, the chat, is there's a lot of people that immediately jump into old Bray promos and they jump into anything that's related to Bray. They go onto his Twitter. They go into old Bray promos. I don't know that that same energy is being put into old Finn Balor promos, old Carrion Cross promos, old Finn Balor uh, tweets, old Carrion Cross tweets. Like, I don't know that same energy's being put into that. And maybe there could be some connections found for some other people if the energy was put in uh, to those directions. I think it is just worth just worth mentioning. It doesn't change anything, but it is worth mentioning that I think when a clue drops, the reason why there's so much Bray activity and so many Bray connections is that is the direction everyone runs in. Everyone runs in that same direction. They run to Bray's Twitter. They run to Bray's promos. Everything goes in that direction. So that's one of the reasons why it's overwhelming uh, that this is Bray because those connections are overwhelming and the evidence is overwhelming. Part of that might be because people, everyone runs in that direction, but it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the fact that what people have found have been has been solid. Do you know what I mean? And again, that phone number, that sounds like Bray. If you've not heard it, if you've not heard it, it's in the watch along. Obviously, you might not be able to find it there. The better place to go is in the more recent uh, White Rabbit Theory video. And it's at the, the end, get to the end. And I actually, I play it and you can hear it and uh, you can hear that it's Bray. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's everything. So we're going to jump into uh, the chat and see what you lot have got to say. Uh, again, I, I like to say this um, when I can. And that is just a big, big thank you for everyone that, um, you know, watches the streams, watches the watch alongs, sends in tweets, sends in emails, sends in direct messages, sends in whatever they can, um, because it is literally just a, a, a mad dash, really, to get a full picture as quickly as possible. Because some people out there, they just, you know, they just want to know what's going on. They don't want to have to sit and work it all out. They just want to know. Some people really enjoy working it all out, but some people just want to know what what is this? What what is this mean? What does this mean? And some people like me, just even if we uh, did sit down and didn't have anyone around, wouldn't work it. Half of the stuff that gets found, there's no way I would find that stuff. Some of the some of the stuff in that White Rabbit stuff is file names, source code. I wouldn't even know how to get to a source code. So, uh, like, yeah, some of the stuff gets found there. I think I would find the stuff that's hidden in the actual that you can see, but the stuff that you can't see that's hidden in source codes and file names and all this kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't, even I don't know if I'd find that. So, uh, you know, you've got a lot of people like me, um, kids, you know, people like that, that uh, they, they need some of this stuff being shown. And um, yeah, massive thank you to everyone that that sends stuff through. Let's go over to your comments. Uh, I am a bit late, so I didn't get a chance to get the uh, chat up on screen. So it'll just take me momentarily to do that. 
White Rabbit we can talk about, of course. Anything else tonight? Anything I've missed? And I'm sure there's going to be a few things in there. So uh, feel free to uh, put it in. Uh, is Shotzi really that bad, said uh, Phantoms? I think that she, I think she is a bit green, but I think like part of the problem is that she doesn't compete on a regular basis. I think that she is all right in ring. I mean, I, I would agree she is not the crispest, not the cleanest, not the smoothest. And we have seen her kind of botch, if you will, um... I don't I don't think she's I don't think she's that bad. I don't think she's Nia Jax, let's put it that way. Um, but I can I can understand where that comment comes from. I think she just needs like, you know, to be working on a regular basis. I mean, they don't even do that many house shows anymore. I'm sure it's only like the weekends that they tend to do house shows. I mean, back in the day, they were on the road every night of the week. They were on the road all the time, um, sometimes doing two shows a day. Uh, those days seem to be long gone. Long, long gone. So I don't know how often she's actually getting uh, matches and how often she's getting chance to compete. And, you know, uh, that's essential for, you know, like getting into a groove and being smooth in a ring and everything. Scarlet Ninja said, drink more Ovaltine. Reference to the movie The Boy is excited to decode a message. Messages, drink more Ovaltine. Yeah, um, Christmas story, I believe that is. Uh, Mr. DXZ said, I think I found a connection between Bel Air and White Rabbit. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air starts with West Philadelphia, born and raised. And Extreme Rules is taking place in Philadelphia. Uh, Miguel said, where is SmackDown going to be next week? Uh, good question. I don't have that um, to my fingertips, but I can certainly Google it whilst I read some other messages. What will, what will next week be? Will it be the 6th? 6th? 6th of October 2022? Uh, let's have a look and see if it's on there. Um, Days, assuming Bray is behind White Rabbit and it's going to be revealed at Extreme Rules, would you prefer it to be during or after a match attacking a certain person or just a reveal, said WrestleBuzz? I would prefer it to be a reveal. Because I think that um, I think him coming back is going to be such a moment that I think he deserves. I think he deserves the opportunity to walk out and have that moment, if you know what I mean. I think he deserves to walk out there and just have the crowd applauding and cheering for his return. Um, I don't think that he needs to come back and attack someone and like that be, I suppose you could, he could, he could attack someone quickly and, you know, then stand there in the ring and still get that moment. I think the most important thing is he gets that moment. I don't think there should be a big like brawl or something. And then like he's backing away up the entrance way or something. And we don't get to see him like for too long or we very quickly cut away. Like, he needs that moment where his arms are outstretched and he's back. Do you know what I mean? Like we, that, that to me is the most important thing. Um, and so if he, if he ends up attacking someone and quickly discarding them and then getting that moment, or if he just walks out and gets that moment, however he gets that moment, that's, that's what I would be looking for. Uh, it's going to be 10, seven, not 10, six. Okay. Thank you. 
Let's change that. Seventh. Seventh of October is at the DCU Center in Worcester. I guess that's Massachusetts. In my head, Worcester is in Massachusetts. Um, don't know if that helps in any way. Certainly can't think of anything that points to Worcester or anything. But in all fairness, it's probably going to be the clue on Monday that will connect to Friday. But so far, I've not seen anything that's pointed to Raw. The, everything in this one so far that I've seen seems to be pointing towards Extreme Rules. So I, I don't know that we're pointing to the next shows anymore. I think now things seem to be pointing more towards Extreme Rules, like Bel Air and Philadelphia. Uh, WWE Raw DX announcement. Yes, that's not this Raw, is it? I think that's the Raw after Extreme Rules. Uh, Rick15 said, Extreme Rules is really shaping up to be a great pay-per-view and the world champion is not even on the card. Uh, Ponson said, what era of wrestling do you enjoy the most? I probably enjoy the late 80s. I think, I think mid-80s is... They're still bringing people in. They're still building the roster. But I think by late 80s, it's it's there. It's done. You know, uh, for me, WrestleMania 5, WrestleMania 6, WrestleMania 7, you got Hogan, you got Macho Man, you got Ultimate Warrior, you've got um, uh, Dusty Rhodes, Ravishing Rick Rude. Uh, you just got like all these big stars Great tag division, you know, British Bulldogs, Heart Foundation, Legion of Doom, Demolition, that kind of late 80s, early 90s. They are some of the biggest legends, just some of the biggest names of all time. I mean, they still sell merch and shirts of loads of those stars. And, and you know, same for Attitude Era. Attitude Era had tons of stars as well. I feel, I could be wrong, but I feel like the depth was better in the late 80s, early 90s. I feel like the roster was deeper than in the Attitude Era. Um, Attitude Era, I think the main event was strong, maybe stronger, you know, because you had Triple H, you had Stone Cold, you had The Rock. Whereas in the late 80s, you really had Hogan. You had Hogan pretty much just beating everyone. Warrior, Warrior had a hot minute, but uh, obviously it didn't last all that long. Uh, they gave Macho Man a run for a year, and that was good. But uh, it very quickly drops it back to Hogan. So really, uh, it's, it's kind of Hogan dominating, isn't it? Whereas I, I feel like with the Attitude Era, that title was being passed around a lot. It was uh, kind of hot potatoed. So uh, yeah, for me, I, I love late 80s, early 90s. Um, I think uh, there's there's a lot of stuff, a lot of interesting characters Larger than life, I think the ring gear, it felt like a spectacle. And I think that's something that's missing from modern wrestling, to be honest. I don't feel like modern wrestling feels as big anymore. Um, I think everyone's got like real bland names like Mad Cat Moss, Butch. Do you know what I mean? Like these names, Drew McIntyre, right? I mean, they're all right. Roman Reigns, they're all right. But I mean, like Macho Man. Uh, ultimate warrior the legion of doom demolition like ravishing rick rude there were some some brilliant names back in the day some think of the ring gears think of like the ring attires like there's not many ring gears that stand out in the modern day either a lot of the ring gears now just don't pop 
I think Seth does a good job. Seth always tries to have some really like nice looking ring gear, but I think a lot of the ring gear is just really boring. A lot of the names are just really drab. And um, I think like it was just better. Everything about bigger and yeah, I, I appreciate Charlotte. Charlotte could go back to that era. She's very, you know, with the robes and everything. But of course, that's based on her dad, Ric Flair. So, so yeah, I would say late uh, 80s, early 90s is uh, probably my favorite. Probably ending around 93. I'd go up to 93. I love 93. So, uh, yeah, do that. Then I think from 94, we go into new generation and that just wasn't very good. And then attitude era, ruthless aggression. And obviously, here we are with this era. Um, the Triple H era. I mean, this could shape up to be special. We're in, we could be in a good era now. It's just a bit too early to tell because uh, obviously Triple H has only been in charge for a few months. But uh, this White Rabbit stuff's good. And uh, obviously, you know, we had uh, Brock tipping over the ring at SummerSlam. We had Clash at the Castle over in Cardiff. So uh, there's been some good stuff that's happened under Triple H's watch. So, uh, yeah, this could be a good era. Uh, United We Love said, if you was Triple H, who would you book Bray against first if he comes back? I would have said Roman, but I can't make the mistake of throwing him into a title like before. Uh, if I brought him back, who'd have him go after? I feel like... I, I, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, like, it really feels like he's got unfinished business with Randy, but Randy's not around. And Alexa, I mean, I don't know how he ignores Alexa or how Alexa ignores him. And I don't know that she will. Uh, they could be connected again. They could be joining forces. I mean, I don't want to see Bray versus Alexa, but I'm I'm totally down for Bray having a female with him that goes after Alexa, whether that be Scarlet or whether that be someone else that um, is is with him and goes after Alexa. That would be interesting. But for Bray himself, if he can't go after Corbin, then I think we would have to have a look and see who else uh, he needs to get, like, um, revenge against. I did a video on that, actually, not that long ago, uh, where we spoke about people that had wronged Bray Wyatt and people that he needs revenge against. I remember some of the names being, like, Chad Gable, believe it or not, and I certainly don't think... He should be going after Chad Gable. Uh, I think he needs to go after someone much bigger than that when he first returns. It could be like a Finn Balor again. It could be a Carrion. He seems interested in Carrion, if it is him. Uh, he seems interested in Carrion. So uh, Carrion could be an option. The only problem with that is Carrion has only just arrived. So Carrion really needs wins. And Bray is going to need wins as well. So whoever this first feud is against, Bray needs to get wins against them. He needs to pick up victory. So um, it's it's tricky. Yeah, it, whoever it is, he needs to get a victory. He needs to get a win. So um, yeah, hard. I'd have to sit down and look through the, the roster, to be honest. And I, I it would need to be a name that made sense. It would need to be a name that there's some kind of previous connection with. I wouldn't want to just see him going after someone random. I mean, a, a, a theory that I liked was Austin Theory, because Austin Theory was hand-selected by Vince. But you can't really talk about Vince at the moment because it's all a bit dirty and seedy and hush money and you can't really do that. I mean, you could hint at it, I suppose. 
you, like, you know, Bray could come back and say you was his chosen one. But, I mean, if Bray beats up, everyone beats up theory. If Bray beats up theory, does it achieve anything? I don't, I don't know that that achieves anything. I understand why he would do it. And I understand, like, he's angry at Vince. He's been wronged by Vince. And Vince's chosen one was theory. So I understand all of that. But I just don't know that it's cool or that it achieves anything or that it, you know, everyone's beaten theory. If theory, if theory was a monster that was unstoppable, I'd be, I'd be into that. Then I, then I'd be interested, but uh, he's not as he loses to everyone. So I don't think that's the direction I would go, but you need someone like that. That's got some kind of connection to the past. What about Brock Lesnar? I can't think of what Brock did, to be honest. I remember there being a face-to-face between Bray and Brock. I think it was at a Royal Rumble, but I can't really remember anything that uh, Brock did to wrong Bray. I mean, I suppose you can make an argument that Brock was at the top of the card and uh, prevented Bray from getting the opportunities that he felt he deserved. Um, you could do it as a one-off match. I don't know if I'd make that my like the first match. I mean, you could you could certainly do it. Uh, can you explain the videos that skip around as if they're edited by a seven-year-old, says Johnny? Well, I think they're, I mean, they're meant to be, like, scratchy and rough, aren't they? They're meant to be, like, they're not meant to be, like, the most polished things in the world. Um, so, yeah, they're, uh, the latest one is just, like, lots of little clips are from the animated. Well, I don't know what it's from, actually. It's like, is it a cartoon? I don't think that Disney ever did Three Little Pigs as like an animated movie. So I don't actually know what what the animations are from, but uh, a lot of them seem to be from that. And then uh, you've got like uh, the wolf in uh, grandma's clothing, uh, Little Red Riding Hood. Um, So that's uh, an image in there of that. Then there's like uh, meat hanging up in a butcher's. I saw that image, but in all fairness, I'm sure there's people that have gone through frame by frame but yeah no no one's no one's really going into those clips looking at production value they're going into it literally ripping them apart like trying to look at every single frame trying to see if like you know can i slow this down can i change the light in can i you know is what's the source code all that kind of stuff so people are very much taking that approach to it uh they did they did three little pigs back in the day was it a movie or was it just like a one-off cartoon are you telling me Three Little Pigs is a, a, a... It's not a movie, is it? Three Little Pigs, Disney. If it is, I honestly... I don't know how that passed me by. If it is. Three Little Pigs on Disney Plus. Three Little Pigs film. Three Little Pigs. Okay, so Disney did uh, a Three Little Pigs animated thing, but it's only eight minutes long. So eight minutes long. So it's not one of their... It's not like um, Beauty and the Beast or uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs or Bambi. You know, they've got like a whole series of films that are in like, you know, a certain order. I don't know the order. I couldn't... There's people out there that'd be able to tell you number one, number two, number three, like... Because uh, they're like numbered. My point was, I, I, it's not one of those. Um, 
But yeah, there's they did an eight minute like short, which yeah, I don't know. It's probably on Disney Plus somewhere. Uh, it won uh, an Academy Award in 1934 for the best animated short. It cost 22000 to make, and it made a quarter of a million. Where was this shown? Like in the cinema? Eight-minute film in the cinema. Man, they had it hard back in the day, didn't they? Uh, uh, Mr. DXE said it was one of their short videos they did. Uh, the only people Bray has not gone after, are those that have wronged him, are in AEW. Well, they need to uh, watch out. Uh, he could attack there. There we go. First person he's going to go after is Sammy Guevara. Uh, United We Love said, I think on the current roster, Roman has done him the most wrong. Uh, he won their feud in 2015 and again in 2020. The only issue is that this is an old Roman. He can't be losing for Mania. Uh, I completely agree. Roman is definitely someone that Bray should uh, go after at some point, but he should not be first. Um, yeah, no, he shouldn't be first. Uh, watching Seth's interview, said Junior, I've got mixed feelings about Bray Fiend returning. He is right. No one benefited. You could tell Seth was mixed also. I agree. Uh, this is going to be something that's going to upset a lot of people, and I am sorry. I don't mean to upset anyone, but I do agree that The Fiend at times was not a positive for the people that he was in matches against. Everyone loved the fiend and they loved the idea that he was turning people heel so whenever someone faced the fiend it, they seemingly changed afterwards uh, and there was loads of people that were really into that and i remember making the point at the time like but what if that doesn't work for the character what if that character doesn't want to turn heel after all it, it's not in that character's benefit to turn heel like it, it, it feels like we're giving a lot to Bray and we're giving a lot to The Fiend to, like, you know, completely change his opponent's characters. But not only that, like, what Seth was saying in that interview was that when there's, like, you know, the more supernatural stuff, it's really, really hard to, like, make that work and to make it believable or realistic or make it so that people care. And, um, yeah, if you watch that interview, Seth really struggles with some of that. He said that he would like to have Wyndham back. He wants him back. But, um, you know, maybe like they could do it a different way. And Randy Orton said something similar as well. Randy Orton uh, did an interview where he said uh, one of the hardest things was the Bray program and doing all the Bray, like, Fiend stuff. And it, and it is worth stressing, this is not wrestlers having a go at Bray. No one's having a go at Bray. They're just saying that it's it's really difficult to have that feud and come out of it with any kind of credibility and come out of it with a character that you can still go forward with. And that's what Seth said. He said, uh, like, my old character after that feud was dead. There was nothing I could do with it. I had to go away and reinvent myself. And, you know, look, sometimes that's going to be a real good thing. Sometimes that's a positive. You know, um, sometimes there's people out there that need that reinvention. But I, I think that, like, not everyone does. And, I mean, you know, for some people it's going to be a real problem. 
uh, like Finn Balor ended up going back to NXT, didn't he? I mean, like Finn Balor, after his feud, went to NXT and was down there for, you know, quite a while. Um, I think Seth said the only one that really came out of it well was maybe Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan might have come out with it with his, you know, credibility intact. Um, but really anyone else like seemed to come out of it a bit worse for wear. And uh, yeah, Seth wasn't speaking uh, like too glowingly about his uh, uh, run. But and I did say this during the watch along. You have to remember that a lot of stuff that happened was not Bray's idea. A lot of the things that went down were Vince's calls. And uh, Seth actually says that he and Bray tried to change some of the things that happened in their Hell in a Cell match desperately. Uh, you might remember the fans chanting they wanted refunds. And so, you know, they wanted to try and change that. But the boss at the time, says Seth, wouldn't listen. He wouldn't listen. And, um, you know, there was, there was nothing they could do. So my feeling on it is that The Fiend run was not perfect. Even Bray will tell you that it was not perfect. And even Bray will tell you that not everything went the way he envisaged or even wanted. So, you know, what would it look like now? What would it look like now? If Bray comes back now and uh, has a run, what does that run look like? What is the character going to be? How is it going to be presented? How do his opponents look during the match, after the match? Like, um, all of that's going to be very, very interesting. Very interesting. They should treat Bray like a massive star. Massive, massive star, right? He should be Undertaker. Like, he is the new face of fear, right? So make no mistake about it. You bring him back, you invest in him, yeah? And you push him to the moon and you go all the way and he main events WrestleManias, whether he's got the title or not. He's a massive star. He's in big feuds, but they do need, he's so detail orientated. Like he's so dialed in on the little details. They need to make sure that like his opponents are being respected and treated right and that they've got somewhere to go afterwards and there's an exit plan. I don't know that the exit plans for the feuds were ever there. I don't know if they ever quite knew what to do with people after like, you know, they'd been in a program with The Fiend. You know, I mean, Seth Rollins is saying that he struggled. Um, we've heard that Randy Orton come out and say that he struggled. Uh, obviously, there was a few matches against, like, you know, part-timers, so that's never a problem. John Cena, Goldberg, who cares, right? They're just part-timers, so it doesn't really matter. Because in all fairness, they go away for a long time. I mean, I don't know how John Cena would have, if he'd have been around, picked himself up after the Firefly Funhouse match. I mean, what does John Cena say about the Firefly Funhouse match? How does he explain what happened to him at WrestleMania 36? He can't. And I don't know what he would have said. And I don't know how he would have quite got out of or gone forward or moved forward. I don't know what he would have done. But the truth is, he didn't need to worry about that because he just went away for a long time. And when he came back, it was just like nothing had happened, to be honest. So uh, I think he does touch on it at some point, but only briefly. Um, but by that point, we'd put some distance, we'd put some time between it. So, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting conversation. And it's one that uh, when Bray's back, we might end up uh, having in a bit more detail 
as you know the you know his return unfolds but um yeah no no denying in my mind he's a massive star he deserves to be treated as a massive star and um i'm very interested to see what that run will look like now that it's triple h and not vince because you've got to think that bray is going to be having more of a say now than he did before and in fact one of the um uh, reports that came out recently was from Fightful and Fightful said that uh, WWE creative are not involved in this White Rabbit stuff. They've uh, not been involved. So this seemingly is being driven by Bray and Triple H, which if that's true, that's a great sign for Bray fans because that says that he's got a lot of creative freedom. So yeah, very exciting. Uh, right, we've got a uh, little bit of lag, but it looks like that's fixed. Boom, there we go. Uh, Viper Gaming, hello, hello, says, uh, Days, what was your opinion on Search for Merch IWF? It's our way to send a voice to WWE. Love from India. Yeah, I loved it, mate. Yeah, shout out to you, Viper Gaming. I uh, was going through Twitter, and then I just came across like some memes to do with this IWF thing. I looked into it and, yeah, I was shocked at how many people were shouting about it. It was a real movement. So uh, really good. I don't know if you uh, managed to get any response or anything today. If not, I would just urge that all the wrestling fans just keep doing it. Keep getting it trending. You will be heard eventually. WWE are very aware of how important that Indian market is. I fully expect them to do more in that market over the coming couple of years. Um, reason being because of the numbers in particular, just the amount of people that watched WrestleMania in India was like, I think we looked at it, it was like 60 million, I believe. So, I mean, that's a massive number, massive number. And um, even, even though there might be a billion people in India, it's irrelevant. 60 million is still a massive, massive number. So, you know, that that's a number that can't be ignored. There is a very clear hunger and desire for wwe and if you're wwe you've got to be feeling quite good that if you go to india you're going to be doing some sellout shows you're going to be doing a, a you know a good sellout tour um you could maybe even do a big show in one of the stadiums why you've not got a shop is beyond me uh, beyond me i haven't got a clue why you've not got a shop uh, over there so yeah keep shouting about it dudes uh viper gaming i thought it was a uh, uh, really good idea and uh, I hope you do get a shop. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Um, but, but, but at 9.23, someone walked behind Bailey again, says Mike. Okay. We we'll have to have a little look out for that. Was it someone that was uh, seemingly in a, um, seemingly in a mask, was it, or something? I have to have a look for that. Uh, Johnny said, can you speak to those trash full show wrestling videos that skip a few seconds twice a minute? That's what I meant. No, I don't know what that is. Uh, I don't know what that is. Full show wrestling videos that skip twice, that skip a few seconds twice a minute. Nope. Where are those videos? I don't know what those are. Uh, Guraj says, what if Bray will be allies with Cody since he was his pro in NXT? Uh, he would never attack Cody. What do you think? I, I don't think he'll attack Cody whilst Cody's face, 
But I think if ever Cody was heel, I think he would. Because I think you uh, Bray did not win that series of NXT. So I think you could make a real argument that he feels a bit let down, that he wasn't mentored better and his pro didn't give him the advice that he that he like needed to win. Like um, Bray could always say, I trusted you and you failed me. You let me down kind of a thing. And I think that'd be really, really interesting. So yeah, I, I think there's an argument for a feud, but I think whilst I've got, look, if Bray comes in, he's surely a face. Who's booing Bray Wyatt? Like who's going to come in and boo Bray Wyatt? Like, no, he's massively over his, he's a face. So I think Cody's a face. He's a face. Doesn't make any sense for them to, go into a feud right now i don't know that cody ever turns heel he might never and so we might never get anything but if it ever happened you can easily make an argument for it being a case of doing a doing a match uh michael said have you heard of the rapper coolio i have and he died this week yes yeah yeah i've heard it was uh heartbreaking news um I had his single when it came out of Gangster's Paradise. And uh, it wasn't until I saw people talking about it that it reminded me he'd done the Keenan and Kel music as well. So, yeah, really sad. Uh, Leo said, I just watched Carrion's promo and some of the things in are in a Bray Wyatt video, like a build building burning or a barn. Interesting. Uh, Retribution said, UFC back tomorrow. Uh, Mr. DXZ said, I don't know if you read this. I found on Twitter that there were images of white rabbits shown in the swamp fight. Yes, uh, I put that in the video that went up yesterday. So uh, if you watched that uh, theory video yesterday, you will have seen uh, uh, the images that were put in there. Uh, Junior Thomas said Taker for years was demolishing mid cards. Most of his early career, he was kept away from the main eventers. Like Fiend, Taker's wins really didn't help anyone coming out of the feuds either. Mm, like who? Like who? I mean, I'm trying to think who he feuded with. By the time, I mean, his first WrestleMania matches with Superfly, but Superfly's done by that point. Um, he has a match and a feud with Hogan over the title which Ric Flair gets involved in. No problems there. Uh, Hogan's fine after that. Uh, he has a feud with Giant Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez, you know, but in all fairness, Giant Gonzalez was brought in for Undertaker. I think there was actually a lot of people that were brought in for Undertaker. Um, so Giant Gonzalez, I don't know that they had a long-term plan for him. I believe they brought him in for Undertaker. Um, and... Yeah, Mankind's absolutely fine after Undertaker. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how true that is. Don't know how true that is. I, I I think what we need to do is we need to make sure that we... We make sure there's an exit plan. We make sure that this is thought through. We know how it's going to play out. And we know how people can get out of these feuds with The Fiends. I'm sure all of this is being discussed and thought over. You know, there's going to be strategy as to who he goes after. And there's going to be strategy as to who he attacks and when he attacks them. And uh, I've got to think that they're really going to have 
Um, maybe up until WrestleMania planned out at least, if not beyond. Hopefully beyond, but obviously plans always subject to change. So, you know, you can only do what you can do. Uh, Fiend94 said, in the Bailey segment, there was someone in the background with Bray's Firefly Funhouse outfit. Okay. Uh, Moda, hello, bud, said two of the three pigs were shown hanging dead. So were those Huskus's brothers who didn't survive the wolf? And then he found protection in the fun house. That's a fun theory, Moda. That's a fun theory. That's true. I, d I never thought that the two uh, carcasses that are hanging uh, could be re actually related to the three pigs. And that means there's one pig out there. Is that other pig Huskus? It's an interesting thought. Uh, right, let's go over to the scores because uh, we have already done a chunk of time. How long have we done? We've done just over an hour already, so we won't spend too long with this. Um, okay, so uh, score for tonight's show is an eight, which uh, I think is quite high. Uh, maybe White Rabbit stuff is pushing scores up. I do agree this felt like a bit of a filler show. I don't think there was anything real monumental. Take White Rabbit away. I don't think there's much here that's monumental. So um, eight for me is a bit high. But uh, yeah, well, that's what you've said. So uh, eight it is. Uh, favorite part of the show. LA Knight teases. He's great on the mic. Great charisma. Good as a heel and a face. Pretty solid in ring. He could add a bunch to the lackluster SmackDown roster. Uh, the main event uh, six-man match uh, felt short, but that's probably because it was an entertaining fast pace. Also, Sheamus and Imperium beatdown was really great. Honestly, some of the matches were good, but White Rabbit stuff was fire. Ronda had a solid promo, short and to the point. Nothing. I've got no clue what happened. I was looking at White Rabbit stuff for three hours. The theories in the chat that Hornswoggle is White Rabbit and that creepy voice. Lights flickering during Sammy and Solo versus Ricochet and Madcap, said Hayden. Stuff with Sami Zayn was pretty good, and seeing Gagano is always top tier. Uh, my favorite was them not explaining what a Donnybrook match is, says James. Uh, the continuing absence of Pat, uh, seeing uh, Bailey, list of Jericho. Is that list of Jericho in the chat? I wish I could light these. I wish there was a way of like. Can I response 34? I don't know. If I could like that, love it, highlight it, I would. Uh, so list of Jericho, if that is you. Uh, White Rabbit tease and possible LA Knight return. Uh, Six-man tag, Drew, Johnny, Owens versus Alpha Academy. Live with her big bats. Oh, and the White Rabbit clue. Solo and Sammy versus Ricochet and Madcap. Gunther, Imperium, Encounter with Sheamus. The return of Shotzi's tank. That's true. Shotzi did have her tank. Well done. Uh, everything Sammy is doing right now. Fight between Liv and Ronda. Main event and White Rabbit. White Rabbit clues. Ronda and Liv. White Rabbit. Uh, the music. Uh, lots of uh, similar answers. Let's have a look at things people didn't like. Uh, I'm going to be honest, the White Rabbit stuff, I find it annoying. Uh, you could get a five-star classic on SmackDown, and the entire talk of the match would be the lights flickering. It's going, it's irritating me. 
That's a fair point. I mean, I must admit, I'm not frustrated or irritated. I don't think they're the right words, but I am... I'm going to be all right. Let's put it that way. When these QR codes end, I'm going to be quite pleased. Uh, I don't even know if pleased the right word because I really like them and I enjoy, like, no, well, I don't decode them, but like, you know, looking at stuff. I mean, like playing that audio clip and getting all the information together that you lot send in and people go and watch, think about this theory. And you're like, oh, what, yeah, what do we think about that? And like chicken. So I love all of that. I love it all. Just not during the show, just not during SmackDown because it gets in the way. And I, and I don't disagree. Yeah, it's the same point, I suppose. The lights flicker and people focus on that rather than the match that they get. I feel really sorry for the talent on the show tonight because I think a lot of them got ignored. And I think you could have done pretty much anything tonight and it's not going to have had the impact that you want because, um, I mean, just look at Twitter. Look at how many people are running around desperately trying to uh desperately trying to um decode the white rabbit stuff uh really like white rabbit at first but now it's taken over and it's unintentionally ruining the shows wow okay we're getting a real vibe here uh bring back the one warrior nation <laughs> uh even though it went by fast the whole rabbit was the whole episode was a wrestling casserole with no flavor i like that that's very good uh, Shotzi versus Bailey. I got up to make chicken tenders. Fair play. Shotzi Bailey was pretty sloppy. Liv is cringe right now. You could tell Hurricane Ian affected this show. Uh, do not have time to get into SmackDown because of the QR codes. WWE made me stay up till 3 a.m. for a wrestling show. Theory trash talking about Drew in his interview. I must admit, I didn't even hear that. Uh, Bailey Shotzi, Bailey needs a new finisher. Carrying across his promo, said Hayden. Pre-match uh, local versus Imperium. Uh, maximum male models. I'm glad LA Knight got out. DQ finished between Drew and Theory. White Rabbit distracted me. Uh, main event was dull. Didn't dislike anything. Um, Liv and Ronda. Uh, Natalia. Natalia's match. There we go. Right, let's jump back. Um, it Begins Again must be Wyndham's YouTube channels. Nope. It Begins Again is a YouTube channel that used to do Botchamania style videos. Um, and now that uh, we're getting White Rabbit stuff, I think they start to do fan-made videos. So um, no, not, con not connected to Bray. I remember when that channel used to make uh, videos of botches. Um, when, when Bray used to be on the show. So I haven't been, I haven't seen, I've, I haven't seen that channel in a long, 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 long time, to be honest. But, uh, I have had people saying that same thing. Like, oh, have you seen this video? Like it feels like it's Bray, but it's, it's fan-made stuff. Um, uh, but, that interview with Seth, was it with Ariel Hawani? Uh, if it's on a sports youtube channel uh it's with ariel hawani it's on bt sport yeah uh dan wyatt said it's going to be the fiend or a new character we don't know we're gonna have to wait and see we're gonna have to wait and see uh mr jacob goat said resting days bray wyatt could go after edge or cody uh thoughts these two good for him wouldn't go after cody because I, I don't know i wouldn't go after either both are faces 
I feel like Bray's going to be a face and I don't think he needs to come in and go after faces. So I think he needs to come in and go after heels. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't... If, if they turn heel, then maybe, but I don't see either of them turning heel, to be honest. Uh, right, Arcadia said, any thoughts about WWE website listing Happy Corbin instead of Mad Cat Moss? Add in Light Flicker. Maybe these are clues. Maybe. Maybe. It could also just be a genuine mistake, but maybe. Uh, Big Boy Dally said, uh, any chance that Corbin is connected with this, uh, with the coordinates last week and the wolf tonight? Yeah, maybe. It could be connected. I mean, there's definitely things that... Um, there's definitely things that you can connect to him, but there's things you can connect to Carrion, just like the QR code appeared in his promo tonight. And as we said, the hourglass and um, uh, TikTok and things like that. So yeah, there's there's lots of connections that uh, can be made, but I don't know that he will be. I mean, look, if Corbin is connected to this, I can't see him being in a new family, Wyatt family with Bray Wyatt. I, ca I can't see that at all. Uh, campsite in your video is fake. You can't click on it. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't believe it was a real campsite. I didn't believe that. I actually thought that it was probably something WWE or Bray had added and put there. Um, people have tried to find information on that campsite and there's no details. So it's it's not a real campsite. But it it enough different people found it to, to uh, show that it's on the map. So uh, it's it's something that's been added. But yeah, I think it's probably only been added because of this. Uh, but, but I think Rowan could come back. Mm -hmm. uh, that's good to know. Got my hopes up, but I will keep looking, says Leo. Uh, Mad Hatter on Alice in Wonderland had 10 and 6 on his hats. Yeah, well, that's a connection today, isn't it? So uh, in the URL for today's clue, it said, was it 1911 in the URL? And um, that is the same number that was on Bray's hat when he was the Mad Hatter in the Firefly Funhouse. So that was pretty cool. So, uh, okay, let's finish with uh, Arcadia's uh, comment here. If uh, your theory is Bray will be heel hunting, it makes sense. All the QR codes reference current heels. I think he will heel hunt because... No way does he come back as a heel. Who? How are they going to get people to boo Bray? You're just not, are you? Like, you're just not. So he's coming back as a face, and it doesn't really make much sense doing face versus face. Um, so, yeah, heel hunting, and uh, I like that. I like that. That's good. Right, so we're going to wrap it up there. We've uh, gone well over our usual hour, and um, which, you know, I don't mind. I really appreciate people joining us, and uh, I wanted to uh, make sure that we... Got as much in here as possible, certainly uh, because I know there's the odd thing that could have passed us by. But um, uh, you guys have obviously helped fill in any gaps there as well. Uh, I know you might want more on White Rabbit. Um, I will be looking into that next. But uh, there is a video that I think has got pretty much all the major stuff in it that just went up not that long ago. So that is on the channel. Um, and I can see another video uh, going up tomorrow before we do UFC. So uh, that'll be like an updated one with even more stuff in. But to be honest, I don't think there's going to be anything that can be found that's going to be as epic as the Bray Wyatt speaking, Bray Wyatt uh, voice thing. I can't see anything being that level. 
So uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of the big stuff's already out there, but I'll go and see what else there is. So thanks a lot for watching, guys. Really, really appreciate the support, and uh, I will see you again next time. Bye for now.